2: Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential.
1: Hi, Jack Slurdy. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you back here today. I'm Savvy. We're here to talk about your new book, and I'm excited. It's the Decision Switch, Seven Principles of successful decision-making, a very important thing in today's world, and things are moving at lightning speed, and uh, it's hard to keep tabs on uh, how to make a proper decision these days with things, AI coming on the fourth, and and then working remote, and all that jazz, but you're going to help us with that, Um, but before we go there, just share a little bit about your backstory so people have a handle on where you're coming from, and uh, why you wrote your book.
0: Sure, first and foremost, thank you for having me on your show. It's a wonderful platform, and and I love your audience. Um, so my background is twenty five years of consulting and risk management and technology. Often, you know working with executive leaders, particularly on you know large and impactful projects that you know were game changers for the organization, but also you know experienced numerous times where you know projects failed as a result of, for better words, inf- you know, ill-informed decisions. Um, that didn't align with you know the organization's goals. And so, you know, throughout that time, I've worked with you know 20 and 30 year olds building teams of of agile and decisive leaders because selfishly it enabled me to you know accomplish more of my goals. But you know, I think it's just such a critical skill that we all need to have, you know, to achieve our personal and professional success. And that's you know, seeing you know, the shift in technology, our ability to connect and, and, and really gain that advice from mentors um, waning. And that's what really drove me to, to, to write this book, because these are fundamental concepts that there's not really formal education around, mm-hmm. and yet are so important, you know, to our quality of life. And again, success.
1: Yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, mentors that are lacking for a lot of young people. Why do you think there's less mentors? I mean, do you think that maybe young people go towards technology instead of thinking to go to a real person for advice? I mean, why is that fall off, fell off the uh, wagon, as it were? Great question. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: so many of our mentors, you know, we gain informally. It's not like there's a solicitation process for that. Mm-hmm. It's when you work with someone, you develop that connection and you allow yourself to be exposed. And to really talk about you know your needs and, and where you need to develop. And as it relates to decisions specifically, is that I mean, how often do we find ourselves in a really precarious position because we've got some monumental decision and we don't have somebody to bounce it off of? And so we're sitting there isolated and alone. Yeah. And yes, we can look it up on you know Chat or whatever technology is out there, but there's nothing that replaces experience and so having those folks that have been in the trenches that you know uh, you know as you share you know maybe what have, what has happened or what needs to happen they can help you pick out the kernels and create that path forward so you can achieve the success and the outcomes that you establish for yourself
1: mm-hmm. That's so important, Jack. I recall uh, being in my 20s and uh, there was one boss that's phenomenal. I've mentioned him on the show before without name. But what he did very early on, I said to him, I wanted to move up the ranks. My idea in my 20s was one day I'm going to work as a BP in a bank or something and I'm going to make it. And uh, so I told him that. But at the time I used to come to work dressed rather shabbily uh, and with funky makeup and crazy outfits and and whatever and he pulled me into his office one day and said listen if you're looking to move up especially in the corporate world this is not going to work you are not going to be taken seriously coming to work like this you need to dress appropriately for where you're at now no one's ever told me how I should be coming to work but I, I mean I felt humiliated but he did it lovingly, and that night, because he did it lovingly, and he mentored me, my friend took me out to Macy's, and I said, "Help me find the best suit I can find for me, because I don't know anything about suits." She got me. We got a briefcase, a couple of suits, and whatever. And the next day, and thereafter, I came up, addressed appropriately in the corporate world, and uh, you know, did move up the ranks because of that. And it was that mentorship that you wouldn't have gotten from a Google or chat GBT had you said, chat, what should I do to move up the rank? You know, it, it, you just wouldn't have gotten the necessary advice you need.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's those personal connections are invaluable. Um, and yes, we can still establish them over zoom and going into the office say mm-hmm. two out of five days a week, but there's something to be said about, you know, working in the trenches again mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to be vulnerable that is so important to our personal growth because Early on, we all lack self-awareness, and so we need someone to provide that you know, objective feedback so we can grow. Because without it, you know, we're kind of destined to do the same things over and over and over.
1: You mentioned something very interesting in our pre-talk. You talked about many decision makers today or leaders are making decisions rashly and often not from a good place. They're like, "I got to be right." And you just mentioned something else right now where you said vulnerability being so important. Is that the missing element with a lot of decision makers these days is the, the idea to be, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I appreciate you bringing this one up because I I really believe that there's a almost a cultural phenomenon going on. Hmm. I mean, America is an individualistic type of country, you know, look for ourselves. How do we make ourselves better, (laughs) but also, there's this unwavering support for people who are particularly overconfident and to follow them regardless of, you know, what decisions they're making. And I think that's truly problematic because, you know, if if, if, if we don't allow ourselves, you know, to, to have a good, you know, discussion about a critical decision, you know, we leave ourselves, you know, ill-informed. And so, you know, I I, I do think it's, you know, one aspect is emotion and insecurity, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, we as leaders want to look confident. We believe that people will only follow us if we're confident. Mm -hmm. And if we ask for help, because we may not know an answer, that people may look less of us. You know, the most successful leaders that I've ever worked with were ones who were confident, but would confidently ask you for feedback on a particular decision um but the the but, the but the newspapers you know whether it's the you know the the ocean gate submersible um or various others that I <laughs> won't go down the path of you know it's this autocratic single mindset that mm-hmm. i myself know what the best thing to do is and therefore i put tunnel vision on and i don't look at anything that contradicts what my views are wow and so we won't go down the path of politics we'll stick to business but yeah, I, I think being open to other ideas, even if you yeah. still maintain the course and continue with your decision, yeah. helps you to make a much more well-rounded, well-informed decision.
1: Well, you know what's interesting to me, Jack? Like, let's say the submersible or any other big decision, there's a bunch of people that just went along with it. And and that's what I find interesting. It seems like the decision-making making of the people following the leaders are, well, they just I'm going to turn off the decision-making thing and let you handle it. Why is that happening more and more? I, you know, from people just saying, yeah, a celebrity said this is a good idea. I want to put this on my face. I saw someone did something horrible. They did. They saw something on a some social media account and did it. And it just totally messed up their face. They had to go to the hospital. But I'm like, ah, <laughs> think about it. This is your face. Don't put it on your face. But anyway, what? why do you think that happened? That people sometimes mindlessly go with who they think a, an authority or leader is without maybe you know, double checking themselves and saying, hey, this is a good
2: idea.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. The first principle of 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 my book is triage first, Mm. and this is a notion of yeah. We need to know when we're prompted by a decision and seek the necessary information, you know, to make a decision. And so, if we, to your point, switch off that whole notion of objectively asking questions to make sure that we have sufficient information to make again the most well-informed and productive decision. I mean, that leaves us blind. And yes, that that again to your point is it is a cultural phenomenon that is happening, is that people will follow the leader and not ask you know those objective or critical questions either because of fear or they themselves don't want to put themselves, you, know, you know, put themselves in a bad position by contradicting, you know, who the manager, director, leader of their organization is. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of competing factors. And that's why, you know, flipping it upside down. You know, for your audience, those that you know are business owners, leaders, it's a, incumbent upon you to create cultures that encourage questions. You know, arguments are fine; they're absolutely fine if you have the mindset of coming to the best outcome possible, and not advocate for why your position is right, mm-hmm. but seek to achieve you know what's truly possible. Yeah. And so. You know, As, as, as leaders, if, if you can cultivate you know, a decisive and agile mindset where people are pulling in information from various sources and all pouring into the same pot, mm-hmm. and that way we can you know, sift through that and figure out what the right direction is or decision we need to make is so powerful for organizations. Yeah. And, I, and I truly believe if you look at some of the most innovative and successful companies right now are ones that have been open to information and ideas from all levels of the organization. Because frequently, you know, great ideas don't come from ourselves. It comes from other sources. And that's why it's so important to be open for questions and having discourse.
1: You never know when the next great idea comes from. It could come from your five-year-old. No. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I, I recall the client I worked with, and we got into a heated argument around the round table on a particular um, issue and it was interesting because at the end at first we're heated we're all angry and we're going no ah! but it wasn't so much you're right I'm right it's just that we just didn't understand where each of us were coming from but what was wonderful mm. about that argument is afterward like we were really close friends we went out to lunch and because it kind of broke the ice to get each of us to see where the other was coming from and so yeah. I think I think what's interesting what you're saying here is people I think also don't want conflict. And we've seen in some places, especially on, on social media where conflict can lead to a whole bunch of not good situations where people are just like, I'll just agree to disagree or whatever, whatever, or I just won't make a comment. Um, but in some cases, especially if you get offline and just decide that we're gonna have a real conversation, I'm gonna voice my, but I'm gonna listen to you as well and ask questions about your point of view. It will it'll actually just open the room to you getting to see another perspective, but also allowing us to find a solution that works for everyone.
0: Yeah, I, I mean in, in, in my book, I I really go deep on you know a concept of leadership styles, you know, one that you know drives, you know, drives by inquiry and one that drives by advocacy. And inquiry is is a leader that brings an idea, and maybe a half-baked idea or maybe fully baked idea, but brings it in and says. You know, ask questions, poke holes, figure out where the weakness is. That way we can make, again, the strongest, most productive decision. Mm -hmm. But advocacy, you know, is a term that's not usually used in a negative context, Mm -hmm. but it's coming into a conversation where you're advocating for your role. And the analogy I would make is it's almost like a sports situation where it's a win or lose. Even if I realize halfway through the discussion that I'm wrong, I'm still going to argue so I can win. Mm-hmm. And so that is where it can become very destructive for organizations yeah. is where people's pride and ego get so vested on their position that I, they, they shut down. They stop listening. And I think you know, much of the problems that we have right now are because of that.
1: I'd love to go because I want to give all the goodies away here. You also talked about the first part of your book in decision-making triage. But I'd like to give an example of, say, how a business owner might approach making better decisions um, today. Uh, what What's one thing besides triage that they could do to implement into their business to be a better decision maker and business owner, ultimately?
0: Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll first plug, you know, to me, what should be a burning platform for all of your business owner and your audience. It's this whole notion of digital disruption. And the impact that it's going to have, and has already had, on the world of business. Because yes, triage is to make sure that you understand. But now, you know, once we get better understand what these technologies can do, you know, there's you know the whole concepts of you know collaboration, maybe amongst individuals within an organization, or you know, with, you know, with other vendors, and you know, figuring out how best to work together with these new technologies. Um, one of the things that I really champion is empathy and what the impact these technologies are having on our personal and professional lives. And I think a lot of our success and the best leaders that I've ever worked with were ones who thought ahead and tried to understand what the impact of a decision would be and put in you know productive solutions to help those individuals. And the reason why that is it's such a powerful aspect of it is that instead of, you know, creating, you know, or basically breaking down bridges. We're building bridges because yes, I may be having to lay somebody off. I may have to end a relationship with a vendor. There, there, there's lots of decisions that we have to make that have negative consequences. Mm-hmm. But if we can proactively think about what the impact of those are and build the bridges, that way, you know, you leave them in a, a good position and, and probably a valuable resource you know, that's where, you know, you as a leader become much more powerful in your influence because people will come to you for decisions. They'll come to you for advice because they know that you've got the best in mind for not just yourself, but everyone around you. And so, you know, thereby you know, just increasing, you know, the value and benefit that you can provide on the world, let alone success within your own business.
1: Wow. Yeah, this recalls for me, uh, right when the pandemic uh, started, a lot of my friends working in corporate, of course, now we're working remotely. Some still do. Um, But one thing that they were mentioning that was difficult is that now they didn't have an off switch. Now both their bosses and themselves have gotten used to an idea of non-boundary, where they kind of work around the clock. And one gal I know called me up and said, I've worked my way into a hospital. I now have severe kidney issues i need to be operated on because she wouldn't shut down and uh you know it was partly her fault because she had to be honest with herself and say listen it's midnight i need to turn off my computer but also it had to come from the leader to say, oh, well, that midnight uh, email, you need to shut down at, at like six yeah. max. And so I get what you mean that really you have to think ahead as a leader, as a business owner, because, yeah, it might be cool at first when everyone's stuck at home and they're done with Netflix, uh, that they're working more for you. But it gets to a point where the sweet spot's been met and, and gone way past where now they're not being effective and it could actually harm your business by being too tired and not effectively getting the rest they need.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had a number of clients during COVID that mm-hmm. were in the healthcare field. And, you know, the term that's often used is decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're inundated with so many decisions 24 hours a day that we almost shut down. We become numb. Yeah. And it's difficult for us to discern, you know, what's the most important decision that we should act upon and those that really don't matter. And, you know, I know <laughs> you want to chat about other chapters besides the uh, the, the first principle of uh, triage. But it's so critical that we prioritize our decisions. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the takeaways that, you know, I, I, I recommend with my clients is to start stratifying decisions based on priority. And that could be based on the value it provides to the organization, the urgency in which you need to act, and whether or not you actually have enough information to make a decision. And it was a you know, it was a wonderful mentor that I had who a quick story is that you know, I'd watched, you know, the the person you're responding to text or emails. Mm-hmm. And consciously, you know, they may or may not respond to uh, a question or a decision they had to make. And then others, you know, they would jump on and they immediately would hit. And it was during off, you know, offhand conversation that I bluntly asked them about, you know, their decision making process.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what was said to me was that, you know, they stratify their decisions, which ones they really need to act upon and ones that they don't. And that allows you to really focus on what matters most Mm -hmm. versus trying to treat decision making like a supply chain or or inventory management, you know, first in, first out. And so, you know, for your business owners, for your, you know, anybody that's in your audience, you know, I do believe that, you know, our success demands us to identify that those decisions that matter the most get dealt with first. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, for what time you have to deal with those that, maybe not as urgent, you deal them and, for better words, you're off off time.
1: Or delegate them if you can. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, we could go on a lot more, but I want everyone to get a copy of your book so they can go through all seven principles and really apply them in their business. How can they get a copy of your book, The Decision Switch? How can they do that?
0: Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, my website is www.thedecisionswitch.com. And my books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and a number of other online stores. And the uh, audio version is going to be coming out in hopefully the next four weeks.
1: Okay, And so the book is out now, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Book is out. And awesome. yes. Awesome. Um, are yes, you I, reading I, the I,
1: book? I, are you the reader on the book? Or?
0: I am the reader on the book.
1: Oh, man. That's, that's some project.
0: <laughs>
1: Congratulations. <laughs> it's good
0: to have friends. It's good to have friends with studios.
1: Oh, wonderful! But I know it's a difficult <laughs> process. My friend read her book. She's like, never again. I thought it'd be, easy. I thought it'd be in and out. No, no, it's a, yeah, yeah. You got to read it just as it's on the page. So yeah, congratulations, Jack. Uh, this is a wonderful, so important and necessary right now with things moving lightning speed. And I know it'll help all our business owners as well as just anyone out there who wants to make better decisions in their life and in their business and their career and all of the decisions we have to make in everyday life. Everyone go to thedecisionswitch.com and thank you, Jack, for coming to Savvy Business today.
0: Thank you very much for your time. I wish you and your audience nothing but success.